This is Movies, a podcast about the act of cinema, and with me today is Sub-Zero, Flawless Victory. Damn, you're looking mad skinny today, Hans. Is this shirt just form-fitting? I guess. Yeah. I'm, 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 I'm your dying. Head. Your head shape I'm, has changed. I'm, I'm dying slowly. It's a, it's a slow death. It's like a, I went from a Brandon Fraser in uh, The Whale to um, Brandon Fraser getting sick of something that's killing him brendan fraser when he's been molested by the wrong man yeah after what was it tarzan or george of the jungle or whatever it was that he was something of the jungle yes yes that's right jungle to jungle he played uh the sun in jungle yeah if i remember correct the jungle jungle sun Sun. which one was his movie because i remember that george of the jungle and jungle to jungle were around the same time i think i saw them in the theater you did one a of double the... feature of Jungle the Jungle no. and Lord of the Jungle? One, I was a big fan of the George of the Jungle cartoon. Big fan of the jungle. You moved to Costa Rica. That's where I, yeah, that's where I live now. Oh, it was George of the Jungle. When was he molested? He was molested you... like six years ago. Oh, so it wasn't even prime um, Brendan Fraser. It was already, career already... Yeah, why would you want to molest a non-famous Brendan right? Fraser? Then he's just some dope. Yeah, were you uh, molesting the Mummy 3 Brendan Fraser? Hell no. No one wants to molest Journey to the Center of the Earth Brendan Fraser. God. Yeah, you, you, Furry Vengeance Brendan Fraser is the one that's getting... Uh, well, no, we're, we're not talking about any Brendan Fraser properties tonight. No, here on Movies. We are talking about well, there are some people who got molested in that Turkish prison. I mean, I, I think it was consensual, wasn't it? I mean, there was con- consensual too, but I'm sure there was some molest. Actually, the ending, it was going in that direction. Yeah, yeah, I guess we're talking about uh, Oliver Stone's classic Midnight Hour. The Ch- Lolita Express to Lolita Midnight. Express from Oliver. I would love to see Oliver Stone's Lolita Express movie. That would be something. He would cast like Richard Dreyfus as Jeffrey Epstein. That could be good. Uh, no, we're talking about Midnight Express from director Alan Parker, based on a screenplay, well, based on a book by Billy Hayes, who's the real guy. And he was not as naive and uh, fresh-faced as the Billy Hayes in this movie. I'll tell you that right now. And it's uh, uh, from a script written by Oliver Stone. Oliver Stone had been writing some pretty solid screenplays um, during the stretch of the late 70s to the mid to late 80s. Uh, right around the time he got Platoon, he, he seemingly jumped out of that and stopped doing um, screenplay jobs and just strictly started directing what do you think about oliver stone i know we've talked about him on here before we did the show on jfk with somebody who's not our friend anymore apparently who unfollowed us over some jokes apparently on the show you know very sensitive yeah very sensitive very brittle man um yeah that's not what friends do by the way friends don't just unfollow each other because they made a little crack at you that's very very we should, we, should, yeah, we should not add smoke to this, but you know what? <laughs> Just go listen to the last episode we recorded and see yeah. which former guest had a joke made on their behalf and is not handling it well. Um, we talked your, about your joke too. I don't know why oh, I got him followed. Guilt by association. You laughed <laughs> at the joke. Yeah, my fucking two hundred followers. It's not like I have many. 
and then I lose one of the ones that I one of your earned. verified followers. Yeah, don't is it worry. verified? You it still got me. Just like it. Yeah, I'm verified. Two verified followers. That's right. So uh, we did a show previously I... on JFK. It was three and a half hours long. And that was, I think, the only Oliver Stone movie that we did cover. We did do Year of the Dragon. He wrote the screenplay to Year of the Dragon. What were you going to say before that? No, I'm just going through his list, and I think I confused it with another director that we spoke about. Just because I feel like we have mentioned Oliver Stone multiple times, but not his movies, just mm -hmm. him. Because of his son, I think, mostly. <laughs> yeah, I think Sean Stone has been mentioned on this show way more than Oliver Stone. I want to get, I, I really want to get Sean Stone for Omega Fish Corp. I'm I've been throwing in, I've been cribbing lines from Nightwalk and throwing it in yeah. a script. And obviously no one knows but me because no one's watched that movie. No one would dare quote that movie. But you're going nice. to see lines from Nightwalk in Omega Fish Corp. And we there... may even get uh, Eric Roberts. There, there has been a conversation of, do we want to get Eric Roberts for this role? And it just so happened to be a role where I took Eric Roberts' lines and gave it to that character. So we could see and, a remake of Nightwalk. In and Fish you know what the best, the best part is? That he also will not remember that he no, said those lines. No, he would lines. not remember at all. <laughs> no, there's no chance of that. There's absolutely zero chance Eric Roberts would be like, why does this sound familiar to me? I just remember his role in the movie, and he's just, he's just like a police chief, right? And No, he's, he's the judge. Wish Oh, the judge, right? The judge. At the end, he's just very drunk, very mm -hmm. intoxicated. Yeah, that's that be... his best best role of the past like twenty five years, in my opinion. That would be pretty great because then you can just do a an edit of his lines and how he delivered them on Nightwalk, and then his delivery uh, in an office setting. I guess mm -hmm. it could be really good. But he's uh, you know he's a busy man, and uh, if it's not opportune. If it's not in the cards, it's just not in the cards. But that would be something. That would be fun. Um, yeah, no, I don't think we've talked about Oliver Stone too much um, as a... I, we, we've talked about him before. It's just like an important filmmaker. But we haven't really gotten into his work. When now, do you think he stopped being an important filmmaker? Oh, that's a good question. I, I have say, his list over here. I feel you like got... it was around the late 90s when he was doing like Any Given Sunday with Al Pacino. He was doing more commercial movies that you could tell were just for the paycheck. The last, and maybe I'm wrong, but no, no, no. Actually, he did Alexander. Alexander yep. was 2004, and that had a bit of controversy about it because of the gay elements or whatever. But that movie didn't really hit in the same way as his earlier movies. Yeah. And then you got World Trade Center, and you got W... Uh, Wall Street 2. Oh, yeah. Castro in Winter. No, not clue what that is. Uh, you got Savages, which was an attempt of making like a fun heist movie that I don't think worked. Was not because I've seen it. Just because, uh, Savages. Mm, no, but it's it feels like a John Travolta, late John Travolta movie. Uh, that was an Aaron Taylor Johnson and Taylor Kitsch vehicle with uh, Blake Lively and Benicio Del Toro. And uh, ben, uh, was it Benicio? Uh, isn't Javier yeah. Bardem in that movie? He's got crazy spiked hair. Uh, what movie no, am I? I'm oh, I'm seeing... thinking of The Counselor with uh, Which is, Michael Fassbender yeah. and Ridley Scott. That movie I confused frequently with Savages. They have a very similar vibe to at least their marketing. Um, I haven't seen either. <laughs> really no interest in watching either. But You know, uh, I think I've... The Counselor was all right. 
the director's cut of it anyway was pretty decent, but I don't think you like it's not a must watch by any means. The last movie that Oliver Stone did was Snowden. So he got really clearly he got hung up on we're going to take uh, real events. We're going to fictionalize them. And that seems to be his just his go to thing. And it's I don't think it's that interesting. Yeah, that's his career, right? You got. Well, I don't know how close to the real story platoon is. Uh, but you got he the says doors. He says it's all a real account. I highly doubt that. I don't think there was a Barnes who killed Willem Dafoe. I mean, maybe, maybe, but I don't think so. So you got that. You got uh, Born on the 4th of July. That's also based on the real story. The Doors, JFK, Nixon. Uh, I've never seen any given Sunday, so I don't even know what that movie's about. It's about football, yeah. and it's not very good, but it's kind of dumb enjoyable. It's very late 90s. Got a young Cameron Diaz in it. Uh, then you have uh, World Trade Center, Alexander, W. I'm assuming Castro in Winter is a Fidel Castro mm -hmm. oh, well, documentaries. Okay. He pivoted into doing documentaries instead of doing scripted films. And that seems to be his bread and butter these days. Like he had that Putin documentary that came out in 2017 mm. that went direct to Showtime. That made kind of a splash. He wound up getting on Joe Rogan once or twice from that film. Um, and also, I think he had like a History Channel series, something like yeah. that. Um, yeah, it's called uh, oh, fuck, I have it right here. Uh, The Untold History of the United States. Yeah. Um, and he also did a documentary on Hugo Chavez, who was the Venezuelan dictator or president. Uh, then there's a JFK Revisited. Is, have, oh, that's a new thing. That? Yeah, no, that's a new thing that he's doing. Uh, he went back and reanalyzed the whole JFK thing as a documentary um, just because it's a fascination of his. I think every that... guy who's pushing 70, who's alive during that time, like Stephen King, they all have this hang up on JFK being executed by the CIA, which... Well, you, ha you have a full-on documentary called JFK Revisited Through the Looking Glass, and then there's a miniseries... I think they yeah they both came out in 2021 and the miniseries is called JFK Destiny Betrayed. Whoa, is it scripted? Is he involved in that? Yeah. Okay. Yes, he's got Whoopi Goldberg as the narrator and Donna Sunderland as the other narrator. And well, it's no, just no, that sounds like a documentary then. Yeah, it's a documentary. It's a lot of a lot of other people being interviewed: Robert Kennedy Jr. and a bunch of people that I don't recognize. Uh, so yeah, it's just. He just did two JFK documentaries on 2021. And then last year, there was a movie called Nuclear that I have not heard of. Um, and it's about nuclear energy. Fascinating. There's, hey, there's did you hear a... that Tucker Carlson interview with the UFOs in the ocean that love nuclear power? It sounds very Godzilla. But I was yeah, watching what? Tucker Carlson. I was watching Tucker Carlson on Full Send, that podcast with like the boring nineteen-year-old guys who have nothing to say. Uh, and he was talking about these UFOs that live in the ocean and come up, and military people have approached them and gotten brain damage and died as a result of being within a, a proximity of them. Um, and they are, I guess, drawn to nuclear power. Is that what gave him brain damage? Whoa. What are you, a right. libtard? What is I, this? I, I, Chapo I like Trap House? I, is this Rachel Maddow? <laughs> what show is this now? Hey, did you yes. ever see the Joy Luck Club? The who? 
the Joy Luck. He's an executive. Oliver Stone's an executive producer on the Joy Luck Club. No, what is that? Poster to this real quick. Also, I didn't realize he produced Freeway, the Kiefer Sutherland, Reese Wither. That seems so weird. Um, did you ever see Freeway? No. It's about a girl who's a hitchhiker who is picked up by a serial killer and he tries to kill her, but then she fucks him up or something. They get in a car accident and then he sues her. And it's wow, very Since... different. Yeah, it's very uh, interesting. He did The People versus Larry Flint, which was directed by Milos Forman. That's a very good you... Harrelson performance. Sorry, yeah. Are you asking me to pull up the poster for the Joy Luck Club or That's Freeway? Because right. they're no, both no, no. pretty horrendous. <laughs> Joy Luck Club. Okay, hold on. Yeah, I got it over here. This uh, was a quintessential 90s movie. The Joy Luck Club. I think you'd love this. This is yeah. the next episode of movies. That's actually, that's me in the background. It looks like an AI image. <laughs> hey, is that Patrick Swayze? Who is that? <laughs> Draw me four ancient people and kind of a white person. Two thumbs. Way what, out. What is, Why the what is this? What is this about? An Oliver Stone production. It's a must hit. Was it a hit? The book was a hit. I assume the movie was a hit. You haven't seen it? I haven't seen it. <laughs> Wayne Wang movie you haven't seen? How can anyone miss a Wayne Wang film? <laughs> yeah. Hey, there's that one we recognize, right? Yeah, she's on ER. Right. How about that? She's she's uh, in uh, one of the Marvel things, I think. Is that right? They made, a, they made a huge deal about her being like 50 and doing karate or something. Mm. Was, uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., I think it was, or one of those. Yeah, she's yeah. cool. Victor and then Wong. just a bunch of other. That's cool. So 1993. You said it was iconic. You said it was. Uh, I didn't say iconic. The product of the quintessential time. of the 90s. The most talked about movie from 1993. Uh, I mean, the, maybe. What else was out in 93? The Joy Rock Rob. Uh, <laughs> let's see. 93. Oh, can I not see 93 movies like that on IMDb? I'm, I'm sorry. I'm old. Don't know how to work. No, this. you got to Google 1993 movies, and they'll okay, they'll give you a see. little variety uh, of that. Okay, let me see if uh, the what is it? <laughs> the Joy Lock Club. That's a horrible. <laughs> that's a pretty horrible title to pronounce for foreign people like me. Mm. Let me see if that shows up on the list of notable films from 1990. Oh, weird. It's not. It's not. Jason there. goes to hell. Top pick. Hold on. These are the top picks for you. Let's see how good it is. Batman: Mask yeah. of the Phantasm, probably. Last Action yeah. Hero, I could Hero. see that. Chronos, I could Body see that. Body Snatchers. Uh, Falling Down, I could see that. Dragon Ball Z. Dragon Ball Z, Brawly. Brawly was always the cool guy, right? Yeah, he Carlito's had maximum way. power. Or something. Falling I just, Down. I just rewatched Carlito's Way, and it's so... I was so wrong about it the first time I watched it. That movie's hilarious. That movie's great. Is it like bad Pacino? No, no. He's actually pretty good in it. Um, and De Palma's still pretty good pretty on top of his game but i had watched it with so many other de palma films that it came out lesser in my opinion it's weird i can't find the joy luck club here yeah well who who runs google anyway putting cone right. heads in there i agree yeah i have to go to a duck duck go to find the joy <laughs> luck club they put notable cool films in there. <laughs> free willy uh yeah, no, I never heard. Maybe we should do an episode on the Joy Luck Club. Well, I already announced this is the next episode of this show. So Okay. Wayne Wang Vehicle. 
What else has Wayne Wang done as we uh, eat up time in avoiding talking about Midnight <laughs> Express? He did. Let me. Uh, I got it over here. Um, you got Chinese uh, box. My favorite. She's got Chinatown Film Project. Uh, the Princess of Nebraska. Man of Manhattan. Oh, okay. Well, that's huge, right? That was probably the biggest movie of 2002. Last Holiday, not so much. Queen Queen Latifah vehicle. That's why. Is this the one with Steve Martin? Oh, she's two women. No, oh, she's no, not. She's. she's oh. I think Gerard Depardieu is in this movie. Remember him before I, he was cancer from the pissing. No, nah, he's still working. He's just. Oh, he's only it? working in France. That's all. They forgave him. It's, well, he's just. I think he just gave up. Right now, he's just gross. <laughs> he's. He's really. You know, just. Looking like uh, the the penguin in the Batman movie, and he just that's just who I am now. God, so if you want to cast it me, been, it would have been so much better if they cast Gerard Depardieu as the penguin. I just rewatched that too, and my tolerance for the entire thing um, went down significantly. But I was like just angry at the end. I was so upset. Like, how did this fool so many people? This movie. How did they come to believe that this was like Dark Knight tier filmmaking? Yeah. Um, and that's just comic book genre. Obviously, it's got a very good review uh, score on Rotten Tomatoes and all that. Ridiculous. Not a real well, movie. Can you revisit your Rotten Tomatoes reviews? You can't, right? Yeah, I think you can. I think you can adjust it. Because um, oh, wow, I think the worst screenplay for Year of the Dragon. Or no, he was nominated. Oliver Stone. Uh, because I think the Batman on first watch, it's not that bad. Because you're like, oh, cool. I'm going to see a serious Batman movie. And I like Robin Pattinson, so I'll give him a chance. And then you watch it and you're like, you know what? It's almost three hours. Maybe it shouldn't be that long. But it's fine. You know, we got another a, a new Batman, I guess. So that's fine. But then on the rewatches, <laughs> when you start looking at the details and how many, you know, errors it has and how much unnecessary shit is just piled on on it. I, I, I don't think with just one watch unless you talk about it like we do because i remember that when we recorded that episode on that i was kind of like oh yeah that's oh yeah that part was kind of not great or, mm -hmm. oh right that's uh... what i noticed on this go around that i didn't quite catch so everyone ragged on christian bale with his guttural voice right but then everybody talks like this in the yeah. everyone does it commissioner gordon batman uh, every every character does this like facade of a voice where they're trying to sound tougher and darker than they actually are, and it's just like no, just speak as your regular self. Uh, it's very obnoxious. It comes across as like bad acting. Yeah. Um, so I I didn't like that, and also just like Paul Dano fucking sucked in it, and I couldn't I couldn't believe. I mean, I saw this in the theater. I was getting uncomfortable when I was in the theater, but now watching it back, where he's like melting down and like the whole thing where he doesn't realize that bruce wayne is batman and like it's such a stupid like fake pull the rug out from beneath you that hardly makes any sense it feels so forced he's like yeah batman's my friend okay sh sh shut up enough enough well, of this guy his little high-pitched tantrum that he throws yeah and i'll tell you what yeah. even in spite of that he's still like the best actor in the whole movie i mean robert pattinson i they didn't give him enough to do um yeah. I don't know. I'm done talking about the Batman. We talked about the Batman for a hundred episodes. We're we're here for Midnight Express, a yes. Turkish. We should have brought Jake Hanrahan on for this one because he's been to Turkish prison recently. Has he? 
this week. Did he? No, uh, did he? A couple of years ago. Has he uh, had a steamy incident in a Turkish prison? <laughs> you know, we've had him on this show, what, 11 times? I've never once thought to ask him, hey, you ever have a steamy shower with a man in a Turkish prison? Hey, did you ever make love to a man that didn't want to kiss you at first, but then he was okay with your kisses? <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, don't, I haven't asked him that. Maybe I should text him that right now, just out of context. It's going to get three in the morning. And yeah, in the morning. Morning. <laughs> it's very loaded. It's very, uh, you know, read between the lines there. Okay, so yeah. Midnight Express was released in 1979, and it stars Brad Davis, who we were kind of outing as a gay man on clips from the last episode. Uh, kind of mean for no reason to this Brad Davis, who's been dead for 30 years. But hey. Things when things line up, I'm an investigative journalist. That's what I say. Um, yeah. So Brad Davis is the star of this movie, and he plays Billy Hayes, who's kind of like this dumb California Midwest guy. He's got wavy hair, all American good looks, and he gets locked up because there's terrorism that's occurring in Turkey at this time, and the TSA or TSA equivalent or whatever are very on guard to avoid bombs and weapons being snuck onto planes because they don't want to have people die, right? So they catch him with a bunch of hash and um, he gets locked up for, what is it? What is he originally hit with? Like a year or a couple, like nine months, something like that. And then they go, yeah, listen, we're gonna, we're gonna, we have unfortunate news. The judge wants to make an example of you. He's gonna, he's gonna sentence you to life in Turkish prison. What would you do? What would you do if you wound up getting arrested for such a minor offense in Turkish prison? And they said, listen, Hans, I know this isn't going to be great to hear. The judge wants to make an example of you. You're going to have to spend the rest of your life in this prison. Yeah. What do you do? Well, What's the first thing you do? Start uh, taking showers with... Start sucking uh, off guys. My brothers. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> with my brothers. <laughs> yeah. Now, uh, you said uh, all American looks. Um, he he kind of looks like... A female no, a not man. the real guy. Not the, oh, no, okay. the real guy is clearly like he works at a porn store. Yeah, uh, <laughs> it's like it's very, uh, you know, we dressed up uh, Cherry O'Terry as a man for <laughs> SNL. You know, <laughs> it's yeah. like is this the? No, you mean Brett? You need you mean yeah, this, this guy. guy? Of course, yeah. This guy looks like he's uh, he would be cast as a quarterback in any nineteen seventies uh, procedural drama. Wow, he's looking gayer and gayer by the phone. Huh? <laughs> yeah. Damn. Whoa. What is this? What does this show become? Quirrell? Have you heard of That's, Quirrell? Yeah, yes, I have. That's uh, Fassbender. Okay. Is this also about uh, a man All of his movies are about that, okay? Okay. Uh, so it's just about male... Com it was, I thought that was Sam Hyde for a second. <laughs> Jesus. Hey, what did you think of the uh, supporting cast of characters in this movie? Like him, I think John that's the, Hurt. I think that's the best part of the movie, actually. I think John Hurt is great. Uh, Randy Quaid. Randy Quaid is amazing in it. He's such a psycho, such a weird, uh, psychotic uh, uncle. What's his name from Christmas Vacation? Cousin no, not Eddie? Christmas. Cousin Eddie-like uh, uh, figure in this movie that... Uh, I, it feels like that's what I would do if that happened to me, where I would just be like, all right, fuck it, I'm crazy now, and I'll, mm -hmm. I'll just, you know, get stabbed in the ass. That was such a funny scene, by the way, 
when you think he's gonna get killed and he just gets stabbed in the ass because that's what they do in Turkish prison, right? Yeah. You get a stab on your butt cheeks. Um, The more you watch of young Randy Quaid, the more you realize he was like an actually, he was a good actor at one point and he was a serious actor at one point. And then something happened. Maybe he just got comfortable with the Christmas Vacation movies and they started like typecasting him as the just the hillbilly retard. But he's good in the last detail. He's good in this movie. I know he was on SNL for a period of time. I think right when Lauren Michaels came back in. Oh, he was in What's Up, Doc? Oh, that's right. He was in Paper Moon as well. Damn. So he had like a serious acting career in the 1970s. Yeah. And then who was it? It was uh, John Hughes. John Hughes came along and derailed everything for him. And then he didn't. Then he did Caddyshack too. He didn't do himself any favors with his outside of movies persona too, his right? Antics. His antics. No, uh, probably not. Well, what was it? He did a sex tape where he is having sex with his wife wearing someone else's printed Rupert out Murdoch. face. Yeah, right. The owner at the time of uh, Fox. Yeah, because that's what he did to him, right? Oh, yes. he played the Frankenstein monster? In Frankenstein, the 1992 TV movie. TV movie. Oh, what the? F- uh, looks like Rasputin. Yeah, that's okay. not... That's a bad Frankenstein. I hate whenever they go with a Frankenstein when it's based on the book. Because that's always the ugliest, stupidest shit. No one likes Frankenstein the book. They like Frankenstein the movie. Isn't that what they did with, uh, was it De Niro? Yeah. That's the worst one. That's the most boring one. I rented that on pay-per-view when I was five. And I thought, I'm in for a good time with Frankenstein. Wrong. This was so. That's Mickey Rourke now. That's just. I'm about to say that. Yeah, that's just Mickey Rourke in 2023. That's. Uh, they should remake this. So, what's the story about this one? Why does he look? Is he smart? Does he speak? Is he? Is he yeah, he does. Like a philosopher and talks about how. Did, did you ever much... read the Mary Shelley novel? No. The Frankenstein <laughs> in that is much different than the Frankenstein you get in the Boris Karloff movie. Yeah, is um, he? Is he? Is he like a tortured elephant man? So. I, I, kind of it's a little bit of uh so they they dethaw him from the ice like he's a caveman and then they fuck with him a little bit um and in the movie they do what they get a bunch of dead body parts together and like build a new man essentially he, yeah. yeah so he's he's not a new man he's just someone they stitched up so that he would be creepy looking is that he's a poet that More can't speak because his mouth's all fucked up it's like it's got that lip what is that called that lip that some people get that's uh called joker mouth yeah yes joaquin phoenix face (laughs) uh yeah they made this like kind of it was supposed to be like a pseudo sequel to bram stoker's dracula which francis ford coppola directed so he produced that movie as well and i think they were going to do like it's not a shared universe not the dark universe but they wanted to do they wanted to keep the money coming in but bram stoker's dracula has such crazy visionary production design and sets and effects where he was like using um like classic silent film backdrops for the actors to to act in front of and the the uniforms were were done by um, a particular japanese woman i'm a fan of whose whose name is not coming to mind at the moment it's like ellie something um and those suits are so good and so classic and then bram stoker i'm not excuse me um mary shelley's frankenstein was just boring Kenneth Branagh. 
And that's it. He didn't bring anything. He brought De Niro. De Niro showed up. He thought that was going to be enough. He was wrong. Uh, but Midnight Express, I think, is a great movie. Yeah. I'll tell you what, though. I could have used an extra 20 minutes in this this film to see how he gets to Turkey. I mean, to, to Greece. Excuse me. Yeah, something. Some type of, yeah, better it's resolution. It's kind of anticlimactic. Yeah, he so, just gets out. <laughs> yeah, before we get to that point, let's just give a quick rundown. So Billy Hayes is locked up in this Turkish prison. As we already established, he gets sentenced to life, right? And then gradually his friends start getting picked off in the prison in a couple of different ways because there's a rat. There's this guy who first hangs uh, John Hurt's character's cat, makes him freak out, uh, become like a shell of a man, and then they discover a hole in the wall and they kind of subvert the expectation of this is going to be like the great escape. They're going to go through the hole and get out of there and it's going to be this cool on-the-run movie which is not what it winds up being. Instead, the hole goes into like the sewage system. It leads nowhere. Nobody can get out of the prison. And then poor Randy Quaid gets blamed for it just because what? It was in his cell? Yeah. Well, hmm, no, I don't, I don't remember why he got blamed. Maybe I think it was wild. because it was in his cell. Wasn't it in a, like a bathroom area? Like a bath area and like a wall away from everything. I thought that's what that was. No, I don't, I don't believe so. I believe it was in one of their cells and then whoever cell it was wound up going down for it. And they, okay. they took Randy Quaid out and I presume they killed him. Right. Cause we never see him again. We don't see him in that, um, uh, mental institution that John hurt is escorted off to where he's just right. com a complete ghost of himself. Billy Hayes is like, don't kill you when he's about to get out. He's like, don't kill yourself. Don't go. I'm going to come back for you. I promise. I bet you he never thought of that guy again. Where's his movie? Where's Midnight Express 2? He kind of looks like Chop Top from, uh, from Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2. The mm -hmm. John Hurt character. Yeah. Um, yeah, Rifki, I think his name is. Re yeah, Rifki is the... He has like a... Like, uh, he's like the wild guy with like weird eyes in jail, and he's the rat. He's the one that, that has like a relationship with, I guess what you call the manager of the prison because he, that's his role. He's, he's got power in the jail because he just tattles on everyone, right? Mm -hmm. And he's about um, to get out, right? And then they plant drugs on him, which I don't think that works out, right? They don't believe that they're his drugs, right? And instead, and then, Billy Hayes snaps and kills the guy. He punches him to death. Yeah. Right? I, something like that. Yeah, something like that. And then Billy Hayes yeah. gets sent off to the institution with John Hurt. And then things are just bleak. It's just a bunch of insane people wandering about, repeating lines to themselves. And I don't know. So you didn't get to watch the Tubi documentary that no. was kind of like a soft sequel to this. It acted as like... We're going to set the record straight, which they shouldn't have done. Um, and um, I think it was just called Return to Midnight Express or something. Uh, it, it was actually a pretty good documentary, all things considered. But I hated, I despised that they had to interview these like fat, wealthy Turkish people that live in New York City and have probably been to Turkey once who said, 
You know, it, it really affected my upbringing as a Turkish person. Ugh. That movie ruined everything for the country. People didn't want to visit there. People didn't want to do it. She's like, you fucking loser. Shut up. Shut Who was up. visiting Turkey in 1978? <laughs> Billy Hayes. Right. And it's what just... happened to him? Well, yeah. he, uh, he got needles that were dirty and... Uh... God no, sake. that's Brad Davis. He died of AIDS. Oh, right. Right. AIDS. Oh, you're right. Billy Hayes is still Billy alive. Hayes is the real guy. He's still kicking. He just visited Turkey. He got a pardon or something. He was like, I have to visit Turkey to make amends. And that was in the documentary. I would never go back to Turkey. No. Back, <laughs> it was like, hey, yeah, we're, we're kidding. Go back to jail. Mm -hmm. uh, you wrote a movie. Who, that... Who's going who's gonna to bail him out when that happens? Was was. Trump going to do that? Probably not. Obama, he would never acknowledge it. Biden, good luck. Good <laughs> luck. Unless you're a WNBA player, you're fucked. Billy who? Yeah, I I would never do that, especially cuz why would you trust them to not just, you know, like if that actually happened what those fat Turkish men that you're talking about in the documentary where he hurt the country a hundred percent no they they sat down completely sincere and were like oh it, it hurt the turkish tourism board it affected the perception of the country for many years all these chank uger looking guys they all whine so much i've never known of a turkish person who wasn't a big whiner do you think that was required for the documentary probably it probably was whoever the whoever the company was that put it out i guarantee it was like you know it'd probably be good if we did cover it from this it's 2016 or so it came out you know, it fits. Everything else in the documentary was very interesting and learning that, you know, yeah, he kind of did this for a living. He wasn't some like fresh faced guy who just fucked up the first time he tried it. No, no, no. He knew exactly what he was doing. Um, and there's a lot of mystery still about how he actually got out of that prison. So I don't know. Yeah, you know I, mean? I think. I think that was one of my biggest issues with the movie, uh, just going back to what you said a couple of minutes ago, where uh, it's not a short movie, it's a two-hour movie, so you would expect a little bit of a resolution that's more satisfying than what actually happens, which is that he fools, I mean, he kills, what is it, like the general or like the, the jail's manager, I guess you can call it, uh, and then he puts on his jacket, is it? He yes. just walks out. Which this clearly malnourished, <laughs> unhinged white guy walking out in the most yeah. important officer's jacket did not raise any red flags. But I'll tell you what, they had me going with the tension where he's like, wait a minute, and then throws him the keys. I was like, oh, man, he's about to kill again. He's going to have to kill this guy. Um, yeah. yeah, no, I, I thought everything was well done, really, with this movie. It's a great movie, but yeah. I could have used more of that ending. That's the only real complaint I have. Um, you know, a big scene. Do you remember the cable guy? Yeah. Ooh, okay. You remember Jim Carrey's scene in the cable guy where he puts his uh, nipple on the glass? No. No, you don't remember this iconic scene? Uh, it's a parody of the scene in this movie where Billy has his girlfriend oh. <laughs> press her breasts against yeah. the glass. I never knew that until watching this movie. And he says, oh, Billy, too, apparently. He does. I remember this vividly. This was a fundamental part of my childhood. Yep, there you go. So, um, what's in it? Ben Stiller that wrote this? Or uh, ben like Stiller that? wrote it and directed it. Okay. And performed so, in it. 
big fan of Midnight Express, I guess. You know, I just watched uh, There's Something About Mary for the first time in like 20 years. Oh, okay. And holds up. It was pretty, it was pretty funny. It still was still pretty funny. funny. Matt Dillon was the funniest part of it, though. The what? Matt Dillon, I thought, was the funniest part of oh, it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he was just an asshole. Yeah. But this, Maybe because he's dick not to the... trying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's just a dick to the retarded guy. Uh, it's, uh, I feel like those movies, for whatever reason, if you don't have modern day comedy sensibilities, they pretty much hold up, you know, because they don't, they don't depend on, on anything that, uh, fits in a specific period of time as much as a lot of them feel like, yeah, this is the nineties or the early two thousands. I don't think any of the, of the comedy depends on, on that, that much. And it's more about just being goofy you know creating characters whose sole purpose is to make you laugh even if they don't really make sense in a real setting you know uh and uh it's a shame that just comedy movies just don't really exist anymore uh, i i don't know if that's gonna last because i have inside information about stuff exciting yeah. stuff that this audience would probably be a good chunk of the audience i think would be very excited about but i can't share i can't share things um you know, I agree. Uh, I've been kind of wanting to revisit a lot of the Farrelly Brothers movies because I still think Dumb and Dumber is a pretty funny film. Not the, you know, not the director's cut R-rated one. Whenever they start doing unrated comedies, like unrated Jackass, unrated American Pie, they did an unrated uh, Dumb and Dumber, which had all like the most raunchy, hard jokes. And I didn't think it was as funny as the PG-13 one. Mm. Did you ever see it? I don't think so. There was some, there was some jokes in it that actually were pretty funny, but on the whole, it kind of changed the vibe of the movie. Um, and I, I don't know. I wasn't really into it. I have to revisit Kingpin. Kingpin's the one I really want to revisit because I hated that one when I was a kid. You did? Oh. As a kid. As a kid. I, I thought remember bowling, watching that's boring. It. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah, but then you have uh, Bill Murray and that hair. Right. And, uh, you have a great cast there with Bill yeah. Murray and who is it, Randy Quaid or somebody? No, it was uh, Woody Harrelson. Woody Harrelson. What's a Randy Quaid movie? Wait, I think there's Randy... an Amish guy. There's a movie is that just my like cousin Kingpin. Vinny? No, <laughs> that's Joe Pesci. Um, right. Frequently confused with Randy Quaid. Uh, no, it's Kingpin. Was... Yeah, yeah, he's, he's the Amish in it. But when isn't Randy this... Quaid also in the? What am I thinking of? There's some other movie that's just like this movie, I guess. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was right. Yeah. So all three of them are in it. So there's not two movies. It's just one movie. Damn, Woody. Woody a had good such head a of run. hair in the entirety of this movie. Mm-hmm. Woody had such a run in the mid '90s of great movies. He's so good in The People versus Larry Flint. He's really good in Natural Born Killers. Uh, do you have any opinion on that movie? I just revisited the theatrical cut kind of recently. That was Oliver Stone, too, doing Quentin Tarantino's script. Yeah, I don't think I've seen it in a long time to have a an opinion of it. Uh, I remember enjoying it when I did see it, like, I don't know, 10, 15 years ago. But uh, it's definitely one that I should revisit. Um, I was looking into the Fireley Brothers and uh, Bobby... Do you ever watch Louder Milk? I don't even know what that is. It's a Ron Livingston 
Will Sasso TV show that lasted from 2017 to 2020. Uh, it seems to be the last project that they did together, uh, the brothers. Uh, and Bobby, it's doing a movie called Dear Santa. So he's um, doing a Christmas I, One of them just did a Woody Harrelson comedy with like retarded people. Oh, it's like no. the ringer, but basketball edition. I, if, if that's what the poster looked like, I'm probably being very crass here. Uh, and then Peter, I think, is like a serious director now. He got best picture for Green Book and he did the last or like the greatest beer run, the biggest beer run with um, the bad guy from The Mask, old green face. Uh, Peter Green. He just, oh, that there's a new, um, fuck, what's his name? I'm so blanking today. Oh, Odenkirk. A new Bob Odenkirk series for AMC. AMC is really just the Bob Odenkirk channel. <laughs> they don't know what else to do at this point. They would love to get Brian Cranston back for something where he plays like a, a hot dog vendor. They would green light that for 40 episodes. Have you heard of this Lucky Hank show with Bob Odenkirk? I saw a trailer to it. I actually thought it looked all right. And then Monkey Jones, because I did the podcast today, is it Kino on The Whale? because of my controversial opinions about the whale, because I've ignited a fire in whale heads, apparently, who just, someone advocated for my euthanasia because I didn't like oh. the whale. I'm not kidding. That's the first like pseudo death threat I've ever gotten online. It was really Damn. remarkable over the whale. Did, did they say they're gonna feed you until you get that fat and then die? No, that would be creative or something. They just said, you have a bad opinion and the only fix is you die i'm surprised they were that passionate about that one and not everything everywhere all at once I, I, the... you know, my suspicion is it was a combination of the two it was me ragging on oh. that and then ragging on brendan frazier i've gotten so much hate but you know what I haven't lost a single follower avatar 2 hey, how... i lost hundreds hundreds <laughs> of followers and i i was like i got out of the red only a month ago um on that because people just did not like my avatar 2 opinion and has anyone talked about avatar 2 since it came out no mm -hmm. was there a blu-ray release for it yet i don't think so you're gonna anyway. have to see it though because there's like see five sequels coming right there's a nine hour miniseries version of avatar 3 that's supposed to come out oh. you'll watch that yeah I won't. no not at home i don't think i would because i before i saw the second one i started watching the first one at home because i never never saw it in the theater and like an hour in, I was like, I, uh, okay, you know, I don't need to finish this. Let's just fucking go. I don't like, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm sure the story is not that complicated where I need to finish it to, to understand the second one. And I didn't. Wow. Uh, so, so I just, yeah, I don't think I, like if it's in the theater, because it's more of a, you know, it's a blockbuster movie, but uh, outside of it, it's like watching Transformers at home, you know? Yeah. Or a Top well, Gun. Here's my Just prediction for it. for how this Avatar franchise ends. I think the good guys will win and the bad guys will lose. Yeah. You know what? That sounds like uh no Avatar movie, yeah. Yeah, that sounds like every <laughs> Hey, you know it's another thing about Midnight Express. This is actually what got me to check out Midnight Express, which I had been meaning to watch for a long time, is uh Art Bell's theme song is the theme song oh, yeah. of Midnight Express. It's uh, Chase by Giorgio Mortar. And I've been listening to so much Giorgio Mortar uh, lately 
on Spotify. And I've been watching what you and Jerry listen to on Spotify too. I saw Jerry was listening to like Backstreet's Back All Right. Oh, really? Yeah. I don't fucking... I, yeah, I, I'm I... checking out what you're listening to right now. Let's see. What is it? Kyoto's Acacia Strain? Yeah. What? Were you trying to hide it real quick? I see your hands moving. Let's see what Hans is, is listening to these days. Oh, I'm listening to this. <laughs> there goes the monetization on the episode. Because <laughs> <laughs> I remember I had that same, but well, maybe not the same feeling that you had. But when that song started, I was like, hold on. This sounds very like familiar. I couldn't pinpoint what it was. And then, yeah, the Art Bell, you know, the little theme song before he... Is it even his theme song, or is it the theme song that they add or after when they're introducing? Like, I'm I'm a little confused as to because in those episodes it's like uh, coast to coast AM with Art Bell and this date, blah 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 blah. Mm -hmm. But was that added after, or was that actually on the on the show? Mm. You know, that's a good question, but I'm pretty sure it was just his his music. Okay, uh, when he had the rights to it, anyway, because there's a like a just a flat radio. Uh, licensing thing where you just use whatever you want if you pay a certain amount and it's only for radio and then when he eventually came back and did his skype show then i don't think so i think he started just using uh midnight in the desert which was crystal gale if i remember correct because that was the new name of the show but yeah uh chase by giorgio mortar uh giorgio mortar's got such a great film uh excuse me discography where he did all these classic 80s movies and his sound is kind of stuck in that era. Like he collaborated with Britney Spears on something recently and it just kind of sounds funny. But if you listen to his uh, scores on anything, Flashdance, Scarface, it's all great. It's all terrific. Superman 3, I gotta go back to Superman 3, I guess. Uh, American Gigolo. Yeah, he, he uses a song here too that I think jay dilla sampled and then mf doom ended up rapping on top of that i'm a big fan of that no kyoto's fuck up no i was gonna <laughs> rag on you i was gonna rag on you but i didn't recognize the artists you were listening to on spotify but it's always interesting to see who your friends are listening to at two in the morning on spotify and often with jerry it is nsync it's backstreet boys ah uh, let's just he's just sad he wants to go back to 2000 no 98 was that 98 it 98. all blends together 98, 98 to 2001 that's all one year it wasn't backstreet's back it was nsync um, it was an nsync song what was the what is like the uh the most like heartbroken nsync song you know it we know it. uh um bye 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 that's the, that's the one no uh Tearing up my heart. Ooh, that would be a good one, but no, it ain't that. It might okay. just be, um, I don't know. Damn, I don't know. God, how, how am I struggling with this? Song. Anyway, it was like, tell me, tell me. I don't know. I don't know. We don't need, this I promise we don't, we don't need you. to dissect what Jerry's listening to. NSYNC's all right, but I don't like how NSYNC had this resurgence in movies where they do, they were just throwing NSYNC songs into anything in the like last three or four years. It came up in Tokyo Vice, I'm pretty sure. It came up in, I think, Red Rocket, because they did Bye Bye Bye. I hate yeah, the it just feels ironic like a, 
it feels like a meme. Mm-hmm. It feels like it, it. It takes you out of it. It's like who would use this song seriously, you know? So then it just takes you out of what you're watching. Uh, but yeah, I didn't think... they do that piano that that uh, in Red Rocket? That's the scene where the girl plays for him, right? Yes, that's correct. Yeah. So they they use it a couple of times where um, they reference the song, they play the song at the beginning where. Uh, what is he on like a bus or something then when Simon Rex is running nude down the street they play that and then yes she Mm. plays piano they really got the most out of that damn song for Red Rocket Um, not my favorite part of that movie great movie not my favorite part of it felt like felt like they needed to or we have this song let's do something with it Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know so we're gonna have this I guess heartfelt ish scene Damn, Giorgio Mortar was born in the kingdom of Italy. That's what, cool. That's the nice. 1500s? And then it just became Caesar? Italy in 1946. The kingdom of Italy. I'd like to be, you know, I wouldn't even like to be. Hey, they're arresting Trump tomorrow. He's alive. Oh, right. Yeah. What are you going to do? You're going to go. I'm going break. to work and I'm going to work right by Trump Tower. And you're going to go break windows? And I'm going to go fight with the Proud Boys. Gonna get Ryan sent- Katsu Rivera. I gotta, we're going to go team up. Uh, You're going to be sent to federal prison. Yep. You it'll broke be Midnight Express or- too, but it'll just be Rikers. Nice. I'll go say hi to Buddy. Yeah. Is he back? I don't know. Have, have you- I don't know. I haven't spoken to Buddy in a while, which usually means it's a bad, bad sign. I hope he's, I hope he's fine. Yeah. Which usually means that you're going to have to talk to him only through a screen. Mm-hmm. if possible yeah well, well good luck with new york tomorrow i guess thank when, you uh, with nothing it's gonna happen <laughs> you don't think anything's We're, gonna happen not in new york no he's I think getting arrested any, in new york yeah but i think if there's any protests or anything happening like that it's not gonna be in that state i don't know i don't know i mean you would think you would think right but people are people this is a crazy city crazy state crazy people left and right um the most crazy city for certain in america uh, i don't know if it's going to get volatile or what and i'm sorry for talking politics on the show ladies and gentlemen you <laughs> know, for the page, this is going to be this is going to be nothing in three weeks when this actually goes out on spotify and itunes but when he doesn't for, get arrested <laughs> when he, yeah honestly they might not do it and maybe yeah. maybe this will sound dumb by the time this drops and they'll be like i can't believe they executed him in prison yeah, I can't believe no. they cut his head off in the middle of the street <laughs> yes. to make an example out of him. Uh, do you think that Ameri- the Americans in general, after all the lockdowns and everything, are waiting for an excuse to wreck shit? Yeah. Because the whole, you know, the January 6th thing happened. And after everything that's come out, it was not as horrendous as they were trying to convince people it was for the last mm-hmm. what two years uh so i feel like we still haven't had that moment uh, outside of the you know the the riots that happened before that you know nobody talks right. about anymore because you're not supposed to but do you think because that to me felt like people rebelling against the covid and that that happened after right yeah, yeah about like the lockdowns and how you're supposed to be home and not break shit and then they just grab at that and destroy it a couple of cities but i don't think 
that that's out of like I feel like Americans still feel a little bit yeeped by the government by what happened with COVID and maybe waiting for an excuse to do something like what's supposed to happen tomorrow. Yeah, I mean, here's the thing. I think if it was like Joe Biden getting arrested or Kamala getting arrested, I mean, even I that's even hard to imagine. Like libs would be upset and protesting yeah. in the streets or something. You know, it, it's too like wild of an idea. But I can't imagine Hillary. You have to be someone like Hillary that people if actually. If Bernie like. got arrested, <laughs> yeah. can you imagine if they got Bernie on like a misdemeanor charge? If he was like jaywalking and they arrested him, they've made a fool of him. They like fucking shoved his head down into the back of the car. You know, they, they should do that. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah. Where is I he agree. now? Why isn't he speaking up about this? Huh? Where's Bernie when you need him most? Because he's got money now, right? He's got real money now. So he doesn't have to actually fight for anything anymore. He's got like three houses, you know, and he's, he's 300 years old, too. Like, what is he going to do? Oh, don't. I can't imagine him like encouraging anyone to do anything that radical anymore because of how successful he's become in the past couple of years when he started shutting up so mm -hmm. he's just gonna live his last what how long do you think we should start a death pool <laughs> which Bernie? of these all death politicians do you think is gonna croak first uh this feels like everyone that's in power is at least 75 you know yeah 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 no i mean like everybody now is about 80 everybody who's yeah. important I mean, it, look, I, I don't know. We saw on January 6th, like, people will act up. It don't matter. And if they don't act up, then the CIA will make them act up because that's what we really <laughs> saw. Uh, so tomorrow, that might just be, it might all be a fucking stunt for something like that, 100%. 100% to, like, start, like, passing the buck over to something new because the last thing didn't work. That's kind of what it feels like to me. January 6th was a dud. Everybody knew it was a dud the day of. There was excitement, but, like, Nobody was actually caught up like, oh, wow, can you believe that? And even after, no one gave a fuck. Nobody normal gave a fuck about January 6th. They thought it was probably funny, if anything. Yeah. So this is probably just another, it's more bait. And uh, what would you like me to do with the podcast when, when you get arrested and sent to federal prison? <laughs> uh, I think Who would you like me to on. get as a co-host? Uh, who's who's similar enough to me that you can just like make them like my mini-me? sidekick co-host i don't think uh what's detective there's... wolfman up to <laughs> i think he needs a place to go right so yeah he's, he's got his cool radio show i like his, all his tunes he, he has on his yeah. radio show but he's got he's a he's a talker he's got to be heard this wolfman i gotta i gotta convince him to show his face though because otherwise it's just gonna be me and a no 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 man photo he doesn't need to oh. do that and I'll, we I'll tell do? you why. It's because we're living in the 21st century, right? So here you go. Um, why isn't it not could... switching over? It's ruining the oh, fucking okay. bit. You're going where I thought you were going. Okay. <laughs> so I was going to do the same thing. But yeah. I, I... There you go. Oh, There's there he detective is. Detective Wolfman. I mean, Wolfman a... in the house. That's a, that's a Can you give a, Wolfman a, got, a wolf? beaten up because he's got raccoon eye circles. But yeah. Are you are you waiting to receive? <laughs> <It's> that... <laughs> All right, that's enough of that yeah. avatar. You you know what? That sounds like a like a good idea. Just get the Tuckley Wolfman with his three D avatar that barely moves, and me interacting with it. What, how are you going to introduce the show? 
because I have a very like signature. This is movies, yeah. a podcast by the Active Cinema. With me today is Hans. Detective. Well, he's going to say with me today is Detective Wolfman. That's a little wordy. No, he's going to play your role. I'm not taking over for no, you, you. No, no, no. That's not how that works. When the when the president dies, not any president for real. When the president dies, the vice president becomes the new president. That's how that works. So you would be the host okay. of movies. But but why would I get someone that's similar to you if I'm taking over that role? I would well, have I, to. Detective Wolfman is not really similar to me. That was just a thought. I don't know who's okay. similar to me. I'm too close to me to recognize right. myself and others. I think I should get Anthony Cisco to play <laughs> first Mike. Uh, yeah. And see if he can show up sober. I'll probably see him in Rikers. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, or uh, at the film festival. Where it's I think be we got to take the show to Rikers. That's really the move. Is no, the show doesn't end when I get arrested. The show just moves to the yeah. island. I got to smuggle in. I got to do the Andrew Tate thing where he's tweeting every morning. So I'll just record it in like the voice memo app and I'll email it to you to upload. Yeah, and that's how well, we'll, we'll continue. We'll do a Folsom Prison type of thing, mm -hmm. but instead of Johnny Cash, it's just you and we do a podcast at the prison but i'm remotely because i'm not fucking going the into special that. guest <laughs> this week yeah. will be ms13 yeah and you just have a monitor next to you with my face on it mm -hmm. and i just react to how terrifying everyone is in there yep it'll be great it would be kind of exciting i think that would really ignite the show is if if anyone did a podcast from prison, that's untapped ground. Maybe I should deliberately get arrested. Maybe I should just like beat up uh, like an old man while all that's going on and act like a political prisoner. Yeah. And uh, or maybe you should just give uh, Buddy Duress a phone and have him rant on the phone for somebody already did that. Somebody did that oh. on YouTube where he's like calling in and, and doing this and that. And it felt kind of exploitative if I'm being completely real. I didn't like that. Um, so, yeah. Well, you have a, no, who's the, why am I about, so bad with names. The guy that we tried to get on this show, but all he wanted to talk about was his songs and he tried to murder someone. Remember oh, he just got Hinkley. released recently? Yes. That's... Yeah, so this was a botched show, unfortunately. But uh, we tried to get John Hinckley on to discuss Taxi Driver. And that would have been so good. That would have been that would have been a great. I mean, honestly, it probably would have been unlistenable. But it's a great thing to see pop up in your iTunes feed is John Hinckley, Taxi Driver, that episode. Featuring John Hinckley for 10 minutes before he left the call because we refuse to talk about his shitty music <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah that didn't happen unfortunately but i think we teased it but we didn't say who it was just in case we were able to get him and then yeah it didn't work out and i'm i'm fine with that not working out um i like i like ronald reagan more than john hinckley that's maybe that i know that's an unpopular opinion now yes. but uh right i'm sorry that that I have like rational perspectives on things. Um, okay. Midnight Run. I think it's a great movie. I think it's a wonderful Midnight, film. Uh, Midnight Run. You, it's a good, good movie. Midnight, Midnight Express Run's is even also better. <laughs> yes. Damn. It's like the better yeah. version of Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. Midnight Run. Yeah. Standing so, uh, back and standing by. That's the new slogan of this podcast. Standing back and standing by. Um, yeah. So the Parallax View is a great movie. Uh, 
We should Amanda cover Parallax View at some point. I think that's an amazing film. I I would love to see Warren Beatty give it one more go as Dick Tracy. That's how much I like the Parallax View. Yeah, but it has to be, you know, him in the suit and doing mm -hmm. stunts and everything. So he probably won't make it to the end. <laughs> and then we just have half a holy grail of a half an hour Dick Tracy movie that only you and I are interested in watching. But if you combine that with the other 30-minute specials he did with uh, Ben Mankiewicz, then you got a full yeah. hour and a half film. Hour. Yeah. Where half of it is just him on the screen looking old and tired. Yeah. And the other half is just him walking around also looking old and tired. I forgot he did fucking Bullworth. We should cover Bullworth. I'm down to cover Bull. I just saved a <laughs> photo on my phone from Bullworth like two days ago. That looks kind of cool. I am so down for that. And you know what? What better day to do Bullworth than tomorrow, the new January 6th? I don't have time tomorrow. But uh, spiritually, it'll be tomorrow. Um, okay. All right. We don't have anything else to say about Midnight Express. I got food over here I'm trying to eat. Uh, yeah, Hans. Uh, to, I get to sum it up. It's great. It's uh, really nicely shot. It's really well acted. It has a very great supporting cast of weird characters and uh, i was reading into it a little bit i don't think you mentioned this it seems like the extras were not all turkish because sometimes the turkish they speak was really broken uh that apparently some turkish people watch it and some of them can't even understand what they're saying because it's not real turkish but it has a lot of character uh and the setting is disgusting and it's terrifying to think that anyone could end up there so it's like a fish out of water that's a, a cool perspective to have uh, added into the story. I don't know if they actually shot it there, but they did a really good job at, at uh, using a very disgusting setting um, to convince you that you shouldn't bring hash into the Middle East in 1978. Well said, Hans. I think that was like the best summary you've ever done for a movie or a closing summary in this case. The first closing summary, really. Uh, yeah. yeah. All right. It's a great movie. I mean, what else is there to say? It's a classic. It's kind of a forgotten classic, though. People, you know, all these movies, like we were talking about Gandhi before, um, they just kind of disappear. They disappear from the conversation. And people don't really check them out anymore. And I think Midnight Express is definitely worth its salt. And it's on Tubi. So if you want to check it out for free, there's also a very good documentary um, following it up that kind of sets the record straight on a lot of things. So that has been movies for this week. Thank you for listening.